0: Right now. All right, welcome in, guys. Farzine Basugin here with you for another episode of the Chiefs Zone podcast. It is week 10. No, sorry. What week is it? I don't even know. Week 11. Last week was week 10. It's week 10 for the Chiefs. Um, that's what I meant to say. But nonetheless, we are live on Facebook and on YouTube. So big thanks to everyone who is taking the time to watch live on Facebook and YouTube. Also those who download and listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever it is, you guys listen to your podcast. Greatly appreciate all of you guys joining the Chief stone Podcast and taking time out of your day to tune in, watch, listen, however it is, you consume the podcast. Greatly appreciate all of you guys who are doing so tonight or whenever it may be. Obviously, a lot to get into here on this episode of the Chiefs. So well, I shouldn't say a lot, there isn't a whole lot to get into. Going to be doing the game between the Chiefs and the Eagles and some news to get into. Obviously, we'll do our Week 10 NFL Roundup as well as our Week 11 NFL Preview. Uh, A lot of great games this past week. Uh, a lot of great NFL games on uh, on uh, Sunday, definitely uh, worth uh, recapping. Monday Night Football, obviously, a very epic one, so we'll have to uh, d- uh, get into that a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it is going to be uh, not as uh, big as uh, Week 11 compared to Week 10, but still some intriguing games, um, especially that Thursday night game, uh, as uh, Chiefs fans will be keep- keeping a very close eye on that game. Real quickly, if you guys haven't done so already, check out the podcast I did with Christian Okoye the other night. Uh, Big thanks to Christian Okoye for taking the time to join us on the podcast, and a big thanks to all of you guys. Who tuned in and watched live? Great podcast, great conversation with Christian Nkoye. Got into a lot of things as well as his book, "The Nigerian Nightmare," that is coming out. So definitely uh, check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, you can definitely uh, get the book, and uh, Christian goes into details as you as to how you can get that book. So check it out. Uh, a lot of great uh, topics there we discussed with Christian Nkoye. So check that out uh, over from yesterday's episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. Get your tickets for sporting events, concerts, whatever it is you want to attend. SeatGeek has it. If you guys want to catch a Chiefs game, whether you live in the Kansas City area, you want to go to a local college game, KU, K-State, Missouri, one of those teams, or you want to catch a concert, maybe in your neck of the woods, the baseball playoffs are going on, go to SeatGeek.com. And if you're a first-time customer, use my promo code, Farzine, you will get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek.com using the promo code Farzine. Go to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code Farzine, and get yourself $20 off for your next event. That's $20 off using the promo code Farzine at checkout at SeatGeek.com. All right. Don't mean to start the uh, podcast off with, um, with somber news, but unfortunately we do have uh, a sad story to start off with. Uh, so some of you may remember wide receiver Devon Wiley. He was a fourth round pick in 2012. 2012 was the only year he spent in Kansas City, uh, but uh, it's been confirmed by the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs football Twitter account. Uh, he has passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 35. Very, uh, very young age, uh, uh, to say the least. Uh, no. Uh, further information has been provided but uh, very sad story nonetheless so this was announced uh, yesterday on Tuesday so thoughts and prayers to Devon Wiley's friends and family members uh, briefly chief but hey once a chief always a chief so uh, sad story to hear uh, nonetheless All right. uh, Transitioning that to football now. Uh, Chiefs obviously have a really big game on Sunday or Monday, rather. Uh, Boy, it's felt like forever since the Chiefs last played. And they're going to be they're They're going to go this many weeks, uh, this many Sunday afternoons without Chiefs football, because obviously the last time the Chiefs played was in week nine. uh, And that was a Sunday morning game. So uh, and they're not going to play until Monday night football week 11. So. Um, the, th- th- what was the last time the Chiefs have gone three straight Sunday afternoons without a football game? It's, it's been a while. I mean, the 2015 season when they went to London to play the Lions, I think they ended up playing on a regular Sunday, their next game back. So I do remember when the Chiefs loss of the Broncos on Thursday night, the one where Jamal Charles fumbled. That was the, uh, the, the, that, that, that's how long it was until the Broncos beat the chiefs again. Um, I do remember the chiefs. Their next game was a Monday night game. That was the one where the chiefs finally got a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. So, uh, it, it it's kind of weird how that, uh, how that, uh, happens sometimes with the schedule makers. Uh, nonetheless, though, uh, not a lot of Chiefs used to get into. As a matter of fact, we don't have an injury report because um, since the Chiefs have a Monday night game, uh, NFL teams are normally off on Tuesdays in preparation for a Sunday game. So the way it works is uh, Monday, they really just do film study and some light work. Tuesday is an off day. And a lot of times uh, players are doing uh, charity events on Tuesdays uh, on their off day or sometimes Monday night just to get it out of the way. Um And then Wednesday, that's the uh, first big practice for the game. Thursday, another practice. And then Friday is the uh, final uh, practice prep. And then Saturday is generally a walkthrough plus a travel day for uh, teams that are going on the road and then Sunday's game day. So uh, today being Wednesday is technically uh, by NFL clock calendars and Chiefs players mindset is essentially a Tuesday. So uh, the uh, first injury report will be available tomorrow afternoon, Thursday, and then uh, Friday, they'll practice again. Saturday, they'll practice again. Sunday, they'll have a walkthrough. Sunday is also the day the Eagles will travel to Kansas City. So uh, that's uh, how that's going to work this week for the uh, Chiefs schedule. So that's why there will not be an injury report, though we do know a little bit from the Eagle side of things as uh, there might be a key player for them who might be unavailable. So we'll get into that a little later on. I do want to start off talking about LeJaria Sneed. So last week, uh, we had a bye week, of course, Uh, We did spend some time talking about the cornerbacks and specifically Trent McDuffie. And I think now it's time to give some love to LeJaria Need. I saw this from the pro football focus Kansas City account. Uh, LeJaria Need on 322 coverage snaps, no touchdowns allowed. So let's talk about the cornerbacks for a moment because the chiefs defense in general, especially the defensive backs, they are very good cover uh, players. Uh, both with the safeties and with uh, quarterbacks, um, you look at the quarterback position. Guys like Trent McDuffie, Legarius Need, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams. Those guys have been doing a pretty good job, not allowing wide receivers to go off and have big games. Uh, and, and then you look at the safeties: Justin Reed, uh, Brian Cook, Mike Edwards. Um, I remember on a on an episode of uh, the New Heights podcast uh, with Jason and Travis Kelsey, the one where uh, they had a, a highly anticipated amount of um, listeners because of the whole Taylor Swift uh, phenomenon. Um, so they started taking weird questions, basic football questions. And one of the questions they received was, what is a safety? And they basically described the safety, it really providing a description that I've never heard before. I'm sure it's been out there, but generally you don't think of it that, uh, this way. And I know it also varies from defensive schemes and whatnot, but more times than not, the safety is really your last line of defense. And when you look at, The Chiefs cornerbacks and their last line of defense, the safeties, they've been very good at helping the cornerbacks, not allowing wide receivers to go off. They've all been great in coverage this year. Well, where's the evidence for that? Because generally that kind of thing, there's no stat for it. Well, let me present these stats to you. You look at guys like uh, Justin Jefferson, a phenomenal wide receiver, by the way, for the Vikings. And I know he didn't play the entire game, but in the two and a half quarters, he did play Chiefs damn near shut him down. Keenan Allen didn't go off on the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, everyone knows what happened in that game. Not only was he shut down against the Chiefs, but he obviously had that fumble against Trent McDuffie, which was a big deal because the Chiefs did use one of the Tyreek Hill picks from the trade to move up to get McDuffie, but that's not the point here. The point is, Tyreek Hill is on that list of great receivers the Chiefs have shut down. Um, DJ Moore, who's in the top 10 receiving yards, another receiver, the chiefs didn't allow to go off and have a big game there, but you look at the, uh, top 10 wide receivers in the NFL today. Uh, the chiefs have gone up against uh, a lot of them uh, today and none of them have had a big game against Kansas city. So for the chiefs to have this kind of defense, because here's the thing about the defense. I know a lot of times, like, listen, I know it's going to happen because the Pro Bowl is going to come in a few weeks. Uh, the the voting uh, that is the the uh, the final results, and you're not you're probably not going to see any Chiefs defensive backs on there. I hope I'm wrong. But here's the thing: when you think of defensive backs, you always think of the interceptions. That's what everyone thinks of. So when people go and vote for the best cornerbacks uh, into the Pro Bowl, they're they're gonna go to NFL.com or ESPN.com and vote on. It'll go look for who has the most interceptions and basically vote off that. Why do you think some of the most random offensive linemen get in? There are no public stats available for them. Yeah, they have them on Pro Football Focus, but you gotta pay for that uh, kind of stuff, and not everyone's willing to do so. Which I completely understand not not knocking on that at all but my point is this um with with defensive backs the things the chiefs are doing right now with their dbs they're not doing things that really pop up big on a stat sheet like um like legerius need not allowing a touchdown pass all year i remember richard sherman um there was I, i think he went like the first eight or nine games one season where he wasn't even target. N- no quarterback was targeting at his direction. And it's like, man, you, so obviously you can't get interceptions. You can't deflect passes, but that in and of itself tells you how good of a quarterback you really are by not allowing uh, you. You're essentially proving that the quarterbacks respect the hell out of you by not even throwing a pass at your direction. So, and I, I, obviously that's not exactly what's happening now with the Chiefs, but my point is these are the types of stats that don't show up on a stat sheet that is generally a great thing for cornerbacks. Kansas City's quarterbacks have been playing great this year. I love the, uh, the effort, the, uh, the, the, the scheme, the, the, the way they're kind of reading receivers because it's a very difficult position to play. Playing defensive back in the sport of football is not easy whatsoever. You have to be prepared. You never know what route the receiver is going to go. If they're going to try to throw you off with some zigzags or whatever the case may be. And Kansas City's defensive backs have done a great job of really just shutting down all the big play attempts that quarterbacks have tried to do against the Chiefs. Um, that's huge. That is absolutely huge, especially when they go up against another big-name receiver. I, I've i obviously talked about some of the big-name receivers they've gone up against and have done well against. Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, and there's going to be another one this week in A.J. Brown, we'll talk about a little later. So I'm very excited to see how the chiefs do against him because I think that's going to be their biggest test of this. I don't know if it's the biggest test. I think Tyreek was the biggest test, but another big test nonetheless, because um, I think a lot of people, people will agree. Tyreek Hill statistically speaking is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. And right behind him is AJ Brown. So two games in a row, two top tier wide receivers, the chiefs are going to be dealing with. So, uh, another uh, good test for the Chiefs defensive backs. And I think Chiefs fans are going to have fun watching this. And, and you know what really helps all the time with defensive backs is good front play on that defensive line. Uh, you look at guys like Chris Jones and Mike Dana, who played well, each have five and a half sacks on the season. Um, b- by the way, you know who else has been playing surprisingly well? Um, and I shouldn't say surprisingly, but maybe quietly is Leo Chenal. He leads the team. Uh, and tackles for a loss with six, uh, Mike Dana, I, by the way, correction, Mike Dana actually ties Leo Chanel and tackles for a loss, uh, with six on the team. So, you know, with Nick Bolton out and Nick Bolton has missed a lot of time this year. Unfortunately, let Leo Chanel cook, get him out, unleash the beast. Get him out there. We heard a lot about him in last year's uh, draft class when uh, we were recapping that. A lot of people uh, really love the Leo Chanel pick. We just didn't see him much because you're behind Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. Well, unfortunately, with the injury to Nick Bolton, this is allowing Leo Chanel to play more. And man, um, what an opportunity for Leo Chanel. Drew Tranquil obviously doing his thing. We've gone over that many times, but Leo Chanel is really looking like, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm just... Being foolish here, saying this, I'm I'm kind of wondering if a guy like Leo Chanel, with how well he's been playing blitzing quarterbacks, if a guy like him just considers changing positions, going from like a four three linebacker to a to an edge rusher, because I think this guy would be able to get the job done as an edge rusher. I really do. He's capable of doing a lot of uh, good things um, in that area. That's where he excels the most. And uh, I, I'm very curious to see if the Chiefs will try to utilize more of that in um, in Sunday's game and, and beyond. Because especially with everything the Eagles can do with DeAndre Swift, with A.J. Brown, um, and the Tush Push, obviously that's a big deal. and It's such a great offensive line too. Um, you're going to need every single defensive player on that front seven to step up and have a big game. So Chris Jones, he's been quiet for a couple of games. It's really important for him to bounce back in this one. Mike Dana. Um, he's been quiet as well, a little bit lately. So let's see if he, uh, uh, bounces back and has a big game. George Karloftis. I think they, they definitely need more of him in this one. Charles, a we saw him a lot in that chargers game, uh, where he came back from a suspension. Uh, let's see more of him. Uh, and I think Leo Chanel, uh, coming from that linebacker spot and getting to the quarterback drew tranquil has done some of this as well. Um, This is going to be a very important game for the Chiefs uh, front defensive line uh, and the linebackers to get to Jalen Hurts, and it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. This is going to be the best offensive line the Chiefs will face all season long. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. And I think the Chiefs really have a good chance to, uh, to do something special with their defense. And look, the magic number on defense, you hold teams to 20 or fewer points, you win. You allow 21 or more, you lose. Obviously, the, uh, the pick six in week one was not on the Chiefs defense. But as a team, you allow 21 points. So that appears to be the magic number if you are Kansas City. We'll continue the podcast in a moment, but we got to give a shout out to another sponsor of ours, Cable Dahmer Cadillac in Kansas City near State Line. I recently got my new Cadillac XT6 from Cable Dahmer thanks to Scott Toddy and his team over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac. Scott's a tremendous salesman over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac. Uh, Very informative, very professional, honest. Um, And again, uh, the informative part is, uh, is key here because a lot of these newer vehicles, uh, they have all these bells and whistles that, I, honestly, I've never even had in a, in a car before. So uh, I definitely had to go through the uh, learning curve and trying to understand everything here. Scott did a great job when I was doing the test drive with it. They also have another guy in their office, Mike. Uh, once you do purchase your vehicle, he actually goes through all of the settings in your car, everything you need to know about your Cadillac. And that was very important uh, to me. And by the way, while we're uh, doing some shout outs here, got to give you another name here, Brock. Smith over at the service department. So, if you have a General Motors vehicle such, a, such as Cadillac or Chevrolet, Brock Smith is the guy to go to. He's a service specialist. And what, I mean, anytime I go someplace to take my car in, they'll tell you what the problem is, but they do it in this foreign language of uh, automotive that sometimes you may not understand and even if they explain it to you it's still kind of fuzzy to you, you may not get it. Brock does a great job of explaining things very clearly in simple forms and if you still don't get it, he'll explain it to you again like you're a 5 year old and that's what I need sometimes whenever I go and uh, try to get my car fixed if there's an issue I had no idea about. Brock does a great job uh, him and his team uh, trying to explain that so go to Cable Dollar Cadillac for your car buying needs whether you want a Cadillac or a different vehicle. Scott Scott Toddy over at Cable Dharma Cadillac in Kansas City can help you with that. That's Cable Dharma Cadillac. Tell him Farzine sent you over to Scott Toddy. All right. Let's do our week 10 NFL roundup and uh, my week 11 preview, and then we'll get to Chiefs and Eagles here. Uh, Let's start with Colts Patriots um, from Sunday morning in Germany. Um, Oh, boy. Um, listen, I said before the season that I think this is going to be Belichick's final year, and I do think he will retire. Should he retire? I'm never, I'm never going to answer that. I, I'm not, I'm never going to say who should retire. Um, that's not my place to speak. But what I will say is, oh boy, I don't know what Belichick's doing this year. I, I, I really don't. Uh, this is one of the worst coaching jobs I have ever seen, and it's coming from uh, a guy who's had a very successful, successful coaching career. So, um, to me, it's like, uh, what are you doing in the end there? Like benching Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. If you if you pulled the plug sooner and brought in Bailey Zappi a little earlier, okay, I get that. But on the final drive of the game, you you know, you kind of need some warm up throws. Like if you're going to change quarterbacks in the middle of a game, that backup quarterback's gonna need a drive or two to kind of get acclimated into things. Uh, Bailey Zappi didn't get that. Like, go, hey, final drive of the game right here. No touchdowns all game long. We need you to get a touchdown for us. And this is your first and only drive of the game to do so. I I don't know. I don't know. texans Bengals. oh, boy. This was uh, quite the game here where the uh, Texans, they were without their leading wide receiver, leading rusher, leading tackler, their safety, and their kicker. By the way, uh, Matt Amendola, former Chiefs kicker, he got the game-winning field goal in this one. But before that happened, a little bit of a wild fourth quarter here. Joe Burrow, you know, the the hot and mighty Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they look great for so many games in a row. But uh, the high and mighty Joe Burrow throwing not one, but two fourth quarter interceptions. Yeah, the high and mighty Joe Burrow did that. Didn't think that was possible. Um, By the way, Didn't Cincinnati fans say that Orlando Brown coming in was a massive signing and that this would solve a lot of their offensive line woes? I saw Cincinnati fans on social media bitching and moaning all game long about their offensive line. Oh, by the way, um, uh, there's a Titans player. He leads the NFL in pressures allowed. Who's second in the NFL in pressures allowed? Oh, yeah, Orlando Brown. Yep. Uh, Bengals fans, don't say I didn't warn you. This is me saying, I told you so. That is me saying, I told you so. Uh, but, man, uh, let's talk about CJ Stroud. Uh, what a game. Again, this guy goes down the field, sets up that game-winning field goal right there. Um, great drive in the end there, um, especially with that horrendous play call that led to an interception, which was really the only reason why Cincinnati had a chance in that one. And credit to that Texan safety who um, who saved the team in the end there when it looked like Tyler Boyd was going to score a touchdown. By the way, another thing, Bengals fans, Mocking Chiefs fans were bringing up drops in the end zone from Super Bowl 55. Yeah, they're doing that again. Yeah, they definitely mentioned the drop. Uh, Yeah, I mean, how about it? How about it? Vikings 27, Saints 19, Josh Dobbs. Hey, for a guy who went into the Vikings on short notice, He's done a tremendous job. Minnesota season has really turned around. If it wasn't for Dan Campbell, I would vote for Kevin O'Connell to be the coach of the year. I really would. This is kind of reminding me of the job Shanahan did last year, where you had Trey Lance, you had Jimmy G, and then Brock Purdy. Like, No matter how many quarterbacks you went through, you still survived. Um, that's not who gets to the playoffs with a third string quarterback, not just getting there, but getting there on a good note. Um, but anyway, I digress, uh, Minnesota Vikings really what it looked like they were dead in the water. Um, are still uh, a team to, uh, to, uh, to fear in the NFC, especially in that division. They've got a chance to win that division. Um, I, I think Detroit's going to win it. But uh, Minnesota is definitely going to put up a fight at the very least. Um, so should be. And I think they're going to get into the playoffs for sure. 49ers, Jaguars. I'll keep this one short because it was a blowout. But, hey, 49ers, they uh, they fought back. Three-game losing streak. A lot of things look different um, in those three games about the 49ers. They turned shit around after their bye week. Uh, they really... Uh, change that narrative about uh, Brock Purdy and everything else with the team. Christian McCaffrey has touchdown streak snapped. But hey, can't score on every single. Can't win them all. <laughs> can't win them all. Uh, Browns. This was a huge one. Browns thirty three, Ravens thirty one. It looked like the Ravens really were in control of this game, and then the Browns rallied in this one and uh, came away with the game winning field goal. Um, Deshaun Watson rallying the Browns late, but. Uh, Deshaun Watson season is over. Uh, we learned Wednesday morning. He is having shoulder surgery, kind of weird timing uh, of the announcement, but I don't care too much about that. Let me just say this two things. Number one. Um, this is like not me making fun of the Browns at all. This is an organization that's cursed. This is like, they have done so many things, right? They've drafted well in so many areas, but they've always got like the quarterback position for whatever reason they just miss. No matter how I mean Johnny Manziel, uh Baker Mayfield, uh who else? Brandon wasn't Brandon Weeden also a first time pick for the Browns? Um and now Deshaun Watson like by the way, like I know everyone's opinion about Deshaun Watson. I've had mine as well, but this is not the time or place for that. Listen, you're in a division where Lamar Jackson is not stepping back like people thought he would. Joe Burrow, yeah, yeah, you, you know, I I mean I like to take, take my friendly shots here and there. But Joe Burrow's, I mean, he's a good quarterback, of course. So a team like the Browns, uh desperate times, calls for de- desperate measures. Yeah, they went out there and got a guy who was in hot water in Deshaun Watson because they needed to compete in that division. Um, but for what? Every reason, man, the quarterback thing just doesn't work. This is a this is an organization that is cursed for freaking ever. Um, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh number two thing, boy, um, did the Chiefs get it right? Every single person, including me, almost every single person, was saying Patrick Mahal or Deshaun Watson has to be the draft pick when the Chiefs traded up. Remember that? Um, boy, the Chiefs took a lot of heat. For taking Mahomes over Watson. And considering everything on and off the field. I know there are a lot of details we don't know off the field. But again, topic for another time. But still, he missed a lot of time because of that. Wow. Um, The Chiefs got it right. And listen, I know we complain so much. About the Chiefs missing on so many draft picks. Every team misses. Okay. I bet you a lot of teams are saying, how the hell did we let Mahomes fall to number 10? Um. So, hey, the Chiefs uh, got a break there uh, for all the times we complain. Like, like, like the Tyson Jackson and Glenn Dorsey picks, uh, to give you uh, a couple of examples. Uh, Lions 41, Chargers 38. Lions looking like a Super Bowl contender. Um, they're uh, very well on their way to uh, to uh, go, going to Las Vegas for a Super Bowl, for sure. They've got a very good chance, uh, just as much as uh, the Eagles, I think. Chargers offense continues to play very well. The defense, the exact opposite. Seahawks 29, Commanders 26. Uh, hey. Big statement, bounce back win for the Seahawks. Geno Smith definitely uh, uh, needing this game uh, as the Seahawks trying to uh, try, trying to be one of the better teams in the NFC. And then the last one here, this one uh, deserves a little bit of talk here. Broncos 24, oh boy. Broncos 24, Bills 22. Yeah, um, two weeks ago, two to three weeks ago, Bills fans, uh, of course, a lot of fan bases, mocking the Chiefs for losing to the Broncos. Um Man, I got a lot of comments from Bills fans about this, about the Chiefs beating or the losing to the Broncos. What about the Bills? Um so, four turnovers in this one. Three of them Josh Allen responsible for the two picks. Um I th- I think one of them was off the receiver hand, so okay, all right, but the interception total is still very high. And then that quarterback running back exchange was honestly very poorly done by Josh Allen. Um and then, like, the worst part of it all, the 12 men on the field uh, as the Broncos were trying to kick the game-winning field goal. If the if the Broncos, or excuse me, if the Bills had 11 men on the field, would Ken Dorsey still be the offensive coordinator? It's kind of weird how that all works out. I remember when uh, the Chiefs fired Bob Sutton on all these national shows like ESPN and NFL Network, they were asking the question, if D Ford was not offsides, would Bob Sutton still be coaching the Chiefs? Um cuz obviously you don't fire someone when you're on your way to a Super Bowl, but it is, you know, you know, uh, the offsides and, and again, I don't think that's the only reason why the Chiefs lost, but um it was the crucial mistake in a in a critical moment in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um so I don't know. Um firing an offensive coordinator, okay. Um, let me just quickly see something about Sean McDermott. I actually meant to do this before the podcast, not Sean McVeigh, Google. Come on. There we go. Um, something about McDermott. I just want to check on real quickly. Okay. Yeah. This is a guy who, who coached under Andy Reid for a while. And then, uh, when they, um, let lot of the, uh, well, he moved on before the, um, before uh, Andy Reid and the Eagles staff got fired, then uh, he was a DC for a long time in Carolina. But anyway, OK. All right. I, I, how about it? I don't know, man. I, I, I just uh, I always think firing. Coordinators midseason are always interesting. I, I said before the season, one of my bold predictions is that McDermott would get fired kind of like Doc Rivers and how the 76ers they keep finishing the season at the same spot in the playoffs. Um I know that has not been the exact same case for the Bills, but the Bills have had a lot of heartbreaking endings. Like they laid a n egg in that AFC Championship game against the Chiefs and then the 13 seconds game. Like listen, the 13 seconds game is not me rubbing it in. I have turned on uh sports talk radio in Buffalo. They bring that up themselves. Like this is them like years later, more than a year later, more than 2 years later. Um, to this day, they still kind of struggle with that game. And again, they laid an egg in another playoff game against the, uh, the Bengals. Um, w- which is interesting because the Bengals were missing three offensive linemen. Um, but Bengals fans weren't saying anything about that until they lost to the Chiefs. So again, uh, y- you get the idea. Here's my thing with Josh Allen because I said, um, When the Bengals lost, or I'm sorry, when the Bills lost to the Bengals, I said, this game right here is why Josh Allen is not elite. Man, I got a lot of shit from a lot of Bills fans. They were not happy whatsoever with my comments. Go look it up. I don't delete things, okay? They're so on there. Now, maybe Bills fans came back and deleted some of their comments. I saw some Chiefs fans um, letting some Bills fans know that their comments didn't age well. But... Am I not? Am, am I mean, People are saying you're a Josh Allen hater. No, I'm not a Josh Allen hater. I just like to tell the truth. And at the end of the day, the truth is the Bills are not an elite football They have the same freaking record as the goddamn Raiders, okay? Of all teams, the Raiders. And I know the Raiders think they're on a hot run because they fired McDaniels and they've won two in a row. Calm down. Just calm down. Um, the Bills... Are not an elite team. Josh Allen is not an elite quarterback. I don't care what anyone says. What did we hear all last summer? Not this past summer, um, the summer before, about how great the Bills' talent is? They're invincible, and they're gonna. Uh, they look great on paper, and this is a team that's going to destroy a lot of lot of defenses. Where where was that Bills team last year? We we didn't see them destroy anybody. Um, okay. Josh Allen had maybe one or two great games, but my God, I, people love to talk about the stats. Cause that was one thing bills fans told me. They're like, Oh, let's look at the stats. Okay. Let's look at the stats. The guy leads the NFL in turnovers since he's gotten to the NFL is Ken Dorsey. Um, I, I don't know. Like is firing him the answer. I don't know. Um, I, I do think that's very interesting because even before Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen was very heavy on the turnovers. This is why I, I'm not quite sure if that's a very smart move on on their end there. Um, a guy who's been with the Bills for, um, for a few years, too. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, Bills fans have fun with that because um, I don't think the Bills are making the playoffs. I really don't. Um, I thought they were a playoff team. The, the the two teams that people thought were going to be a threat to the Chiefs in the AFC, the Bills and Bengals, they're not really playing their best football. They're really not. Bengals are inconsistent. You just never know with them. The, the Bengals are a team you just cannot bet on. Like, just don't. Just don't do it. And the Bills, I mean, you guys already know that. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, by the way, uh, Week 11 preview. Uh, some games to get into here. Thursday night football, Ravens Bengals. Yeah, that's going to be a huge one. I think this is not only going to be the most entertaining game of the season. I think this is going to be the biggest Thursday night game of the year that has big playoff implications. Because if the Ravens win, I think this really puts them in the driver's seat to win the the North, the AFC North. Um and if the Bengals win, I think they really do give themselves a good shot at wi- at, at least getting a playoff spot. I, they're not winning the division. I still think the Ravens win even if they lose. Um, but if the, if the Ravens win and Bengals lose, not only do I think the Ravens uh, can have a good shot at winning the North, but I don't know about the Bengals' chances of getting into the playoffs after that. But by the way, fun fact about the Bengals – They are winless in the division so far, and they only have one win in AFC conference games, which is against the Bills. So you own a tiebreaker over the Bills. Whoop-de-fucking-do. What is a tiebreaker over the Bills going to get you? Because I don't think the Bills are, like I said, I don't think the Bills are going to get into the playoffs this year. They're just not. Um, So you have a very irrelevant tiebreaker over a bad team. Yeah. like Cincinnati really needs to kick it into high gear. Cause um yeah, sure. They're over 500 now in a very tough division, but they can't as far as much as t- the talent they have, they cannot keep up in that division. And I think that's on them. Um, So they, they they've got to pick it up. Otherwise this is going to be a very rough second half. Cause they've got a very tough schedule coming up, starting with the Ravens. Um, By the way, when the chiefs and Ravens play, I'm sorry, Chiefs and Bengals play? My God. Um, I'm thrilled about that one right there. Like, that is, I know Chiefs fans get a little nervous about the Bengals. Not me. Not me. Especially this year with that Bengals offensive line. The Chiefs defensive line is going to feast on that on New Year's Eve. 2022 is going to end with a bang. And it's going to be Kansas City doing a lot of defensive domination on uh, on Joe Burrow. Uh, Steelers at the Browns. Both teams, six and three, another AFC North battle here. Um, I guess all eyes are on PJ Walker. Can he come through? I know they were winning with him, but he wasn't playing spectacularly well. So we'll see. Two and eight Cardinals at five and four Texans. Um, This is going to be a better game than people expect. And I think now a lot of eyes are on CJ Stroud. Kyler Murray looked very good. By the way, I didn't mention uh, uh, that one. Um, Cardinals. Uh, And Falcons, Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray with a statement win coming back, first game of the year. Um, 11 play, game-winning drive on that one. So I'm very curious to see how Kyler Murray looks again against a very good Texans team that's really started to pick it up lately. That is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Four and five Jets at the five and five builds. Um, Jets have lost two in a row. So have the bills and is the new offensive coordinator, Brady, Joe Brady going to be the solution here. Well, this is the first opportunity to see. So Sunday night football, six and four Vikings at the four and five Broncos. Both have been hot lately. Vikings surprisingly playing well. Broncos, they've been getting some things in their favor, especially uh, in that bills game. Um, But Hey man, uh, I think a lot of people just want to know, you know, are, are the Broncos for real Uh, or did they maybe have a little bit of luck on their side the last two games? So, you know, with Mahomes in the flu, no excuses, but people are still putting that out there. And uh, the Bills, you know, what if they didn't have 12 men on the field? Do you win that game too? Obviously not, because you missed that field goal. So we'll see how uh, how that game goes. That's going to be a very intriguing Sunday Night Football matchup for sure. We'll continue the show in just a moment, but we've got to give a shout-out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season. Introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is a grooming powerhouse built for precision and style, just like your favorite quarterback. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. Before we get into our Chiefs Eagles Monday Night Football Showdown preview, uh, real quickly, reminder this Friday we will be doing our Red Friday live chat as we do each and every single Red Friday. Um and then the Sunday or I, I'm sorry not the Sunday seg- the second time I've done it this podcast Monday before the game at halftime and after the game we'll be doing uh live streams after the game will obviously be our uh, post game podcast haven't not done that in a couple of weeks obviously because of the bye week um and then next week when the Chiefs play the Raiders that'll be Thanksgiving week so um I'm going to have the preview podcast probably out Tuesday night um because it's obviously thanksgiving week there will not be a red friday live chat that week so uh enjoy thanksgiving and black friday with your families uh i'm gonna probably I- i'm just gonna I- i'll be honest i need a little bit of a break so i'm gonna relax and uh, not do a red friday live chat that uh that week and i think a lot of people are gonna be uh they- they've got way better things to do uh for sure um so go out have a life hey if you're working by the way on holidays, um, on a holiday holiday weekend, props to you, I've been there, um, those are not fun, <laughs> those are not fun at all, so, uh, and, and hey, if you're going to be one of those people going out to eat or drink, wherever, be nice to all the people who are working on those um, those holiday weekends, because they would rather be uh, out and about uh, with their friends, family, or just chilling out at home, uh, just chilling out at home, yeah, the Chiefs did have a great bye week, uh, I'm reading some of you guys' comments here, yeah, that by week could not have gone any better for Kansas city in week 10. Um, I mean, okay, sure. You, uh, even like the Broncos winning that helped Kansas city oddly enough. Um, so, uh, and by the way, I don't know if you guys saw the Manning cast with, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he was on there and he was, uh, talking about the, uh, bills and, uh, Broncos game. He's essentially like predicting. Remember Tony Romo was predicting all of these plays, His first game on a a broadcast booth. And people were like, okay, this is annoying. Patrick Mahomes was essentially doing the exact same thing. And people were comparing the fact that Patrick Mahomes is miles away watching on TV and he can see what's coming. Whereas Josh Allen's on the field actually playing this team and just looks like a deer in the headlights. Um, So that was... um, that was interesting. And I think it just shows you how smart Patrick Mahomes is. Obviously, yeah, he lost to the Broncos recently, but you, you know, the, the, you, every, every great quarterback is going to have surprising defeats. Um but at the end of the day, it's like the the fact that he saw everything coming and the Bills couldn't um just tells you, you know, how bad the Bills are and really how smart Mahomes is. Uh hopefully they can uh, be prepared for this Eagles team. Because they're coming in hot, and uh, they've got the best record in the NFL. And uh, both teams coming off a bye, so both teams very well rested. Should be a very good game Monday night. Should be one of the better Monday night games of the year. This should have been, I think, either this game or the Bengals game. Should have been the uh, Sunday or the uh, Thursday night uh, opener for the season. But, hey, neither here nor there. Head coach of the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, former Chiefs quality control coach. Eagles offense coordinated by Brian Johnson. Fifth in total offense. Kansas City is eighth. Ninth in passing. Casey is seventh in that category. They're eighth in rushing. The Chiefs much lower. They're 19th in that one. And when it comes to points per game, the Eagles are the third best, scoring 28 points per game. The Chiefs are 13th, just north of 23 points per game. Excuse me. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Top 10 in uh, passing yards with 2,347 yards, 15 touchdown passes. That is tied ninth in the NFL with two others. He and Mahomes are both tied sixth in interceptions with eight. He's been sacked 22 times. That is tied for 10th most with Burrow and Prescott. 39 first downs. uh, That is the second most behind Christian McCaffrey. Those 39 first downs are um, on the ground, by the way, because of the tush push. And I'll get to that a little later on. DeAndre Swift, 614 yards, seventh most in the NFL. He's also got three touchdowns. A.J. Brown, 1,005 yards, six touchdowns, 18 receptions of 20 yards or more, 46 first down catches. He is in the top five in all of those categories. He's also averaging 15 yards per catch and has yet to fumble this season. So Trent McDuffie, if there was ever a time to uh, give A.J. Brown his first fumble of the year... I suppose it could happen on Monday Night Football. Um, Phenomenal receiver, though. Great wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Devonte Smith, 42 catches for 533 yards and four touchdowns. Very solid number two receiver. Dallas Goddard tight end for the Eagles, 38 catches for 410 yards, but could be headed to IR real soon. So Jack Stoll, the backup tight end, might be the primary guy for the Eagles Monday night. He's got two catches for 10 yards on the season, so might start seeing a little bit more from Jack Stoll uh, if uh, Dallas Goddard is indeed going to IR. Um, you look at the offensive line, man. They've got a very good offensive line uh, at left tackle, left guard, center, and um, and uh, and right tackle. Uh, Jordan Malata, I hope that's how you say it. Uh, he's obviously going to be going up against Mike Dana uh, at the left guard spot. Landon Dickerson, center. Everyone knows Jason Kelsey, uh, him and Creed Humphrey are really the two best centers in the NFL today. Uh, And I think that Chris Jones and Jason Kelsey battle is going to be very interesting to see Monday night. And then uh, Lane Johnson going up against George Karloftis uh, should be uh, should be very interesting. That is going to be this is the best offensive line. The Chiefs are going to be facing this year. I mentioned that uh, uh, earlier on in the podcast. And I think, you know, the Chiefs defensive front, I think, is going to be the toughest group of defensive players. The Eagles will be uh, will will, will face all year. So this is this line of scrimmage battle is going to be very interesting here. Uh, The Eagles offensive line and the Chiefs defensive front like and I mentioned George Karloftis. He's already got six tackles for a loss on very limited snaps. This is someone who, you know, I think is going to be a key difference maker. uh, Leo Chanel that is. So um, I'd like to see a little bit more of Leo Chanel in this game for sure. By the way, very interesting thing about the Eagles. So everyone knows about the Tush Push. I mentioned that against the uh, Commanders, they had a very interesting fake where it looked like they were going to do the Tush Push, but then they had this um, jet sweep handoff or end round rather um, to, I think it was DeAndre Swift who uh, walked in for an easy touchdown here. But the odd thing about the Eagles, so according to uh, Sports Illustrated, when you do their um, offensive stats, And uh, sort them out. The Eagles are 27th in the NFL in red zone scoring. For a team that really thrives off that tush push. That was a surprise to me. I was not ready for that one. So uh, that is, I think it's going to be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on. How the Eagles do in the red zone. And the Chiefs have done pretty well defensively in the red zone this year. You look at the Chiefs defense. Their second best in points per game allowed. Just uh, two-tenths of a point behind the Ravens in that category. Uh, Let's compare it to the Eagles' defense, coordinated by Sean Desai. 14th in total defense, 28th against the pass, first against the run. So definitely going to be a test for Isaiah Pacheco. And they're 18th in points per game allowed, uh, giving up 21.7 points per game. And again, you look at the Chiefs. They're at fifteen point nine points per game allowed. The Ravens fifteen point seven points per game allowed. Yeah, that is um, that's very interesting to, to say the least with the uh, Chiefs' defense. And um, you know, if if the Bengals get a couple of touchdowns and a couple of field goals, the Chiefs move to the best uh, defense in the NFL in terms of points allowed. So it should be um, something to keep an eye on this week. And by the way, you look at some of the names I already mentioned names on the offensive side. Um, you look at the defensive side and it just kind of reminds me just how great of a job Howie Roseman's done. I think him and Brett Veach are the two best executives in the NFL. A lot of people say Howie Roseman is the better GM. And listen, I think he's found more elite players. Okay, sure. But Brett Veach is really the guy responsible for finding Patrick Mahomes, which has led to two Super Bowl wins and another Super Bowl appearance. That triumphs everything Harry Roseman's accomplished, in my opinion. Harry Roseman's great, don't get me wrong, but, um and I think, yeah, Harry Roseman has found probably far more top-tier players, whereas Brett Veach has found players who don't necessarily thrive statistically, but do come through in some of those areas where uh, there ain't a stat for that, as as, as some uh, sports pundits would like to say. Uh, but looking at this defense, Hassan Reddick, former first-round draft pick by the Arizona Cardinals. They brought him in because they saw a lot of value in him. He leads the team in sacks with seven and a half. Josh Sweat, a first-round draft pick from 2018, has six and a half sacks. Jalen Carter, the uh, rookie this year out of Georgia, has four. Fletcher Cox, he's... Man, Fletcher Cox, you, you forget... Um, I think he and um he and Dontari Poe were in the same draft class, I think. They were uh, one pick apart, but Fletcher Cox still playing at a high level. Um, not as high as he used to, but he came back on a one-year deal, still playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Sweat and Carter, by the way, they each have two forced fumbles on the season. Nicholas Moreau and um uh Oh, Hassan Reddick. I apologize. Uh, Nicholas Murrow and, and um, Hassan Reddick—they each have eight tackles for a loss this season. Sweat has six. Carter has five. Man, Carter's really good. He really is. A lot of people were surprised that he fell to the uh, to the Eagles. Jordan Davis, another recent first rounder from Georgia. Um, yeah, he has two and a half sacks and two tackles for a loss. People always joke about the Eagles being like the uh, secondary Georgia Bulldogs because they keep getting all those Georgia defensive players, which has helped them the past couple of years win national title games. Uh, linebacker Zach Cunningham anchors that defense with 54 tackles, second on the team, right behind safety Reed Blankenship, who's having a very good season with 55 tackles leading the team and has two picks on the season. Plays one of the better cover safeties in the NFL for sure. Uh, He's in uh, Pro Football Focus's top 10 in that category. Quarterback Darius Slay, he also has two picks. Oddly enough, those are the only four interceptions the Eagles have. Um, that is tied for second fewest. Now, the Chiefs have, have very few as well. They have five picks on the season, and I went over that earlier. Um, five different players have a pick for the Chiefs. So uh, it kind of makes you wonder if, you know, these are both teams that don't get a lot of interceptions yet. Both quarterbacks have been guilty of throwing a lot of interceptions this year, each with eight, which is tied for six. most. most I mentioned earlier. Um, So I'm curious to see if anything gives there on the, um, on that turnover side, specifically with interceptions. Uh, I mentioned Blankenship, very good uh, cover safety. You look at the special teams unit for the Eagles, kicker Jake Elliott, very consistent kicker, 18 of 20 field goals made. He's missed just one PAT this year. Uh, Aaron Sipos from Melbourne, Australia, uh, he was their punter for two games, but his averages were severely awful and just low. Um, they ended up letting him go, and now they have Brandon Man. Not great, but his averages are at least um, they're at least average when you look at his numbers. So, uh, an average punter, um, not great, but still better than uh, what they had before in Sipos. And then you have Britain, or excuse me, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it is it is Britain. Britain Covery who handles the uh, return duties. Uh, but has no stats on offense. He's a wide receiver for the Eagles. Um, doesn't play a whole lot on offense. So that is your Eagles team in a nutshell. My prediction for this one: I'm gonna go Kansas City 27, Philadelphia 20. I think the Eagles can find a crack on this Chiefs team, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles do get off to a really good start, and the Chiefs kind of struggle to to get things going. But I can see this being the game, kind of like the Super Bowl, where the Chiefs rally in the second half. And pick things up and uh, come through with a game winning drive here. So I'm going to go Chiefs 27, or uh, yeah, Chiefs 27, Eagles 20, game winning touchdown drive from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that is going to be my prediction for this game on Monday Night Football, 2720 KC. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. My name is Farzi Vasugi, and thank you again for downloading and listening to the podcast. Reminder, Christian Okoye podcast came out last night, so if you haven't had a chance to uh, watch or listen to it, please do so. It's on my Facebook and YouTube pages. It's also out on podcasts everywhere, so check that out. We will do our pre-game live stream on uh, Monday. Uh, before that, our Red Friday live chat on Friday as we do each and every single Red Friday. No Red Friday live chat next Friday. Our pregame live chat, we'll do it uh, a couple of hours before the game, halftime live stream as we do each and every single game. And then our post-game podcast followed by our Chiefs Zone recap podcast that will be going on after the game. And then we will do our Chiefs and Raiders preview podcast Tuesday night, live on the page. So uh, a lot of content coming out in the next few uh, days. And then after that, we'll have uh, very little content, live content that is um, on the page. Just to, just so everyone can relax, enjoy Thanksgiving with their friends and families. All right, I'm out of here. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the podcast. Once again, I'm Farzing Vasugian. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Take care.